Steve, I got the grass for the second time today. It was great. It looks great. It, I am thrilled about how the yard is looking. How is your yard looking? Uh, looks good. The rain has helped. We put, we seeded some bad spots and eh, I think it's going to be okay. Uh, second time won't be for us to another three or four days, but yeah, you're ahead of us. You're a little further south. Yeah. So no, we're, we, we're... we did, we did uh, three yards of mulch yesterday. So mm-hmm. everything's mulched. So there's um, the mulch is like 60% complete here. So wow, we've now become a gardening show. That's great. That's right. This is the Stuff Summer Says podcast about gardening with Steve. Steve. No, this is just the regular Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. Um, we've got a lot to catch up on, um, but I think we've got a, a myriad of things to discuss. We're going we're gonna to start with Penn State football, and then we're going to go to Penn State Creamery Ice Cream. I think that is that is our plan today um, we have a great guest joining us jim brown the manager of sales and marketing at the creamery with a very insightful must uh, when i say must listen life-changing information at the stick end to of the that, very end. that interview life scrub to the end i wouldn't skip it and scrub the end but stick to no, the very but end yes, it, i think there's yes. things you don't know there is what we at least you've one been a penn stater for how many years well, and i've been a penn just the, most, the two most clueless penn staters in the world but i i think it's or maybe we're just low maintenance. Maybe that's it. I maybe that's what said. it is. Maybe we're just, maybe we just know our flavors. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it boils down <laughs> to. All right, um, Steve, I got to see you this blue white weekend. How Ooh. was your blue white weekend, and what were your thoughts? Let's don't let's stay away from the game. We will we will discuss the game in an upcoming segment. We're going to talk about the weekend. What is your My thoughts? weekend was good. Family and friends in wet um, because we tailgated and did, did the charity stuff over the edge, and it rained. Um, but good. It was all a blue white weekend should be, and I'm not skipping ahead of the game, but I feel I do need to apologize to the one or two listeners who expected me to hold up on my promise that I would win the game. I just want to say that was weather dependent and it rained and I was wet, even though it dried off. So I went home. I saw but Steve, a good weekend. I saw Steve around like 1130. He said he was thinking about going, he was not going to the game. I knew it at, at 1130. At that point, not going yeah. Well, Cause it was raining by then. I was done. I, I was short little fuse. It'll, he, it'll be he was he yeah yeah um i think the, the main thing that i want to ask you about actually let me let me tell you how my my blue white weekend was great except for the ride home when the grill spilt and i had to clean up all of the grease off of the out of the car Ooh, um, don't so you just put your pans in a garbage bag at the end of the day uh, we're going to now um, oh, that's what those blue bags you don't use for recycling are for yeah for take home the garbage stuff yeah yeah, okay. yeah we're gonna start doing that um <laughs> oh gross so it was a good weekend. Yes, the the, the blue white weekend experience keeps getting better for me. I think. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I like that I get a perk as a season ticket holder that I can go park, or not that I can park closer, but that I get already have my parking taken care of. The game is free. The carnival, which is not that impressive, is still great. I I think it's, it's a boardwalk. A nice, I think. I'm oh, sorry. I think that's right. You know, I corrected you last week. You can correct me this week. Um, so I think that is good. Um, I don't know. I just I also like the, the fact that you're in state college and the, the weather might be crappy, but at least you're talking about football in April. So I, I enjoyed that. Um, and then I didn't stick around till Sunday, but I know a lot of friends did the um, 5k run for the special Olympics. Um, so I, I think maybe it's the number two weekend for me of the year now in terms of Penn State-ness, if, if we're going to put white out at one. Behind this, a white, white out, okay. Yeah. Season yeah. opener is then like number three? So the blue-white game is ahead of the season opener, you're saying? Uh, this, is, this is a good question. Yeah, I'm comfortable with that, but barely, just barely. Because they're playing real football in the season opener. I think it depends. Maybe this year. Maybe if we, yeah. Okay. So that this year, no, it's not. But maybe other years, it can't be if they're playing the Little Sisters okay. of the Poor. Um, I will say there is nothing better than Homecoming weekend, just because that's usually the first weekend that the 
the fall leaves change. You look, you are miffed. So right now, now blue white has you... slipped to at least no better than third. No, this is the, if, for anybody who's still listening. I'm going to lie about whether I'm going in the game. Darian's going to lie about his rankings because it's just going to change in the next 30 seconds. Okay. All right. Look, here we go. White out. If Penn State is playing someone good, opening so, the season. So wait, opener. so you can have a disclaimer on your rankings, but I can't have a disclaimer on whether I'm going in the game. It's different. That's different. White out. It's different. White out. If the season opener is good, season opener. If not blue white, then so blue white. And then homecoming is fourth. Always underneath blue white. Homecoming is underneath the blue white game. Yeah. You don't even believe that. You just said no. it. You can tell no, what you I think. Don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Bolts out here barking at me. All right. I take it back. It's a bad opinion. It's a bad opinion. Um, it was a good weekend, though. It's a good it weekend. I mean, it's always, I mean, I think blue white's always. Oh, Steve, you're on mute. Blue white, blue white's always a good yeah. weekend. The team's not going to lose, right? You, it, it's going to be fun. You're going to have stuff to talk about. Like it's, it's a nice break in the spring, even if the weather's not great. You're seeing people you many people probably haven't seen since the fall. Um, it was always a good entry level. Like that was our first tailgating was blue white, right? When we were young alums, you could afford to come back because you didn't have to buy a ticket. You didn't have to really pay much to park, and you, you knew you were going to meet people and start the traditions there because our tailgating goes back to then with our kids, you know, barely able to walk at tailgate. So, yeah, I think blue weight's always good, but I don't know that I'd, I don't know that I'd have above homecoming, but God bless you. All right. All right. right. I'm done now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I am going to get you fired up though. I'm going to get you back here. Um, I read some, some articles today from the recruiting world. um, And at least two of the articles mentioned how recruits like the carnival slash boardwalk. Steve, how do you feel do. about that? I think it is. It's funny. Penn State, when Sandy Barber came in and her second in command, who's now at St. Thomas in Minnesota, and I'm going to blank on his name and I should know it. God, that's horrible. I can oh, picture I, I know exactly who you're talking about. I can, yeah. He, he talked about Penn State as a brand when they were talking about communications being at a level, like he wanted them to be considered IBM when the commercials they were going to put in their, the program that they were going to create and this brochure they were going to create for fans and givers was going to be high dollar and exclusive. That's not what the carnival is, right? So that's my only thing. But at the same time, the people who are at Blue White, there's a, there's a higher percentage of people obviously at Blue White that aren't any other game, right? This is their entry level, as I just said a minute ago, to Penn State football. So Give them something else to enjoy, something else to try. I, I think it feels like the county fair. The only thing that wasn't different about the county fair was it wasn't muddy because everything was on pavement. Otherwise, it would have been the muddy, sloppy county fair, right? And that's just not my perception. It's the minor league baseball thing we talked about last week. Um, but I can deal with the blue-white game being the minor league baseball game or the Penn State experience. If the carnival shows up for a regular season game, you know, then I got – I mean, I know they don't have room for it. It's probably not going to happen. But then it just feels – like we, we're, we're bigger than that, I guess. Um, but I get it. And I, you know, it's fun for the recruits. And it's the only time they're going to be outside the stadium if things go right. So I hope they enjoy it. If that gets them to come here, great. Uh, Phil Eston is, is his name. There he is. And sorry, Phil, I'm sure name. you're listening. That's um, horrible. Yeah, I'm sure he listens to this. Um, I you know. I walked through it. People were having a good time. And, and you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to rain on people's fun. That's what I'm going to say about that. There you go. No, I, I agree. I just it, maybe they could get some nicer rides, some rides that don't look like like the Ferris wheel looks like it probably is going to fall off and roll down. Oh wow! You're not going to rain on people's fun, but you're going to bash the amusement people. Well, I just saying that. Like, um, did you? They got you a better chance to than Phil Eston. You saw the Ferris wheel. I think it did not look safe. It's not. I think it did not look safe. No, it was it was volunteer fireman safe, not county barely, barely. <laughs> Um, if, if you ever have children, would you put them on that ride? No, absolutely not. No, so in trouble. I'm not getting the concessions as the sponsor. Oh, well. Um, where were we? Uh, I think the other thing that, that I thought was interesting, a lot of people are saying that they still love the fact that the game is free, that you can walk in. Uh, what was weird was they still had beer sales and they had a lot of beer in there. Like they had probably the same amount of beer that was available for the whiteout game. That, And I thought that was a little, little odd. I don't think that meant many, that many people bought beer. Um, but I, I hope and I pray that that never goes away because I, I do think you're right. That is a good, 
Oh, oh, Steve's going. I just think it's, I, I like, that that's a nice perk. Right. I, I just think it will. Like, I mean, and the only way, not surprisingly, right, the only way I wouldn't, the only way I would be comfortable for them charging a dollar or $5 is if it goes to charity. Like, go ahead and, and do that. 100%. But otherwise, otherwise, no, they make enough money. And now they've found sponsors for, they've found partners for some of the NIL stuff and they're going to find more. If not, they don't need that money for the blue-white game, but they could certainly live without it and afford to buy people, pay people to do the the um, concessions and the ushering and whatever else. The only thing, if they want to spend money for blue-white, they could find a way to count the people because nobody believes that number, right? Like, go ahead and run them through the turnstiles, do something so we know what, you know, not that it matters. What was the number? I didn't see 64. It. No. I was in there and I, there was maybe right, that's That's okay. Just, just you know, have somebody other than a blind guy estimate the audience. That's all. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah, man, we're going after everyone. We're going after the carnies. We're going after the blind it's cold. people. We're trying today. to start a little fire and keep it warm. Um, anywho, let's get to the game. You did not go into the game. I did go into the game. I stayed the whole time. Much better experience with the running clock and mm-hmm. keeping it quick. Um, thoroughly enjoyed that. I think that was the biggest takeaway for me. Um, one idea that I, I, I don't, I've never understood this about the blue white game is why is it first team versus second team and not first team versus first team, second team versus second team, essentially, uh, as you go down the kind of totem pole on the roster. Um, I'm sure there's gotta be some sort of coaching reason for that. So that, that kind of grinded grinds my gears a little bit, but other than that, um, the drill our sidearm throw was probably the most impressive thing. Mm-hmm. The highlight was Amari Evans doing up downs, um, for at least the entire, essentially the entire first quarter. Um, and the de- defense, the second team defense could probably start at maybe mm-hmm. every big 10 school outside of Michigan or Ohio state. That's probably true. And that's what it, that's what it sounded like on radio from from what Steve and Jack and Brian were sharing, and that's what it looked like on TV for the pieces I saw in the second half. I did first half with radio, second half with TV. Um, defense is way ahead of the offense. I mean, just it just looked at. I mean, not way ahead, but they just looked. There's talent all over the field. They did a great job. There's definitely more talent that is put together talent. I think there may be more raw talent on the offensive side. Um, it definitely felt like, no, they weren't very much like how when they'll play Delaware, they don't put anything that they would put on tape for an Ohio state game, game type thing. They very much were very vanilla, very simple. You also didn't have either of your core tight ends really. And that a lot of the offense swings around, swings around those two guys. Um, I think this whole third wide receiver thing is pretty much settled. Um, you in the newsletter, which will come out probably before this podcast goes out, um, or maybe right around the same time, um, pointed out about Drew Lars is definitely the guy. I think everybody knows that. Bo was Bo was fine, but he probably would have been murdered um, if it was a, a real game by any opposing defensive line. Um, that was really it in terms of players that stood out to me on the offensive side. Uh, did you, did I miss anyone for you, Steve? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to judge because the line struggled a bit, right? Because of who wasn't playing. I don't think the lines as bad. Oh, I'll put that. I hope the line's not as bad as it looked right at times. Um, but there weren't people playing. And, and I don't think, I think what I came away most from blue white thinking was looking at the schedule at the first part of the season saying, okay, how many games into the season till they actually show something they have to show to beat somebody. I mean, realistically, I mean, West Virginia will be okay, but that shouldn't be, you know, then they, they can get through those first few games, maybe the first four or five without having to show until they play, they play Iowa, or even without having to show anybody anything different or unique if they don't want to, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think the only thing for me, like, I think the, the offensive line has been the big overreaction point from coming out of the weekend. Like people are freaking out like you said maybe a little bit too much uh on that you know missing some key guys i didn't even see olu in um that much if if at all on saturday so not concerned there um the defensive side like i said like if dds is your really on your second team 
like I said, that is a scary, scary second team. Um, he was he looked great. Tony Rojas looks like the part. He's a little scrawnier than I pictured as I say it as with all of my huge muscles over here. Um, but you, you know, I think I think he's gonna be you know after Abdul Carter is gone, kind of the next wave of of linebacker. Um, so yeah, yeah, they look deep on defense. What they were, which they were, offensive line. They just didn't look as deep. But I don't think they're gonna be as as limited or civ like as they looked at times, blue white. I mean, just just what it was. So, oh, well, I mean, and I think the play calling was very exactly. Meh. Yeah. It's not gonna. There's not a lot going on that's gonna get you. You know, give you more time. No, um, certainly you might have done that in practice when nobody's watching to try to see what you can do and what you can pull off against. If somebody's beating you up front, you're not gonna do it in front of TV cameras. So lots of TV cameras and lots of people, especially when it's free. Because I, you know, you're if you're a paranoid coach. And coaching staff you're not giving away any of that stuff and and penn state is indeed that so yeah they are really never heard that a smidge uh, okay um anything else from the game that you want to uh, want to talk about no i enjoyed i enjoyed how i consumed it i know that and it was good it was good it was a good blue light game but the tv broadcast was good <laughs> Yeah, the, the the play-by-play guy sounds a lot like Brian Tripp, though. I got to tell you, I was listening to that. I thought I thought I heard a whole northeastern Pennsylvania from Nazareth with Tripp and, and Millen there for a little bit because they sounded he sounded a lot like him. Well, yeah, Matt McGloin too, right? He was yeah, the, exactly, exactly. So he's Scranton um, too. Yeah, they touched all the bases you can do in in a, in a broadcast. It, those aren't easy, right? Because the game was done early, and then they went the Big Ten Network went to something else, some some Michigan State programming. Um, but yeah, I, I think they did all they were supposed to do without getting too caught up in stories and still letting you see what was happening on the field for people who wanted to see it. Um, yeah, the game, that was the other thing I noticed from the fan perspective. Game was quick. Like it was, it was over at 3.30, which I guess probably has to be because of NCAA rules and all of that fun stuff. But it was, it was nice to be in and out and not be, and, and you mind. still feel like you got something right you still feel like you saw something yeah i mean that's, no, that's I, the magic trick right it was 90 minutes and you still feel like you saw something yeah no 100 like I, I felt like i watched a football game just was maybe a quick one a high school football game or something like that all right cool um well let's see I, I did not go to the creamery this weekend did you go well you always kind of swear to go you you're in that neck of the i did but i'd gotten chocolate milk friday so i was good some people got some ice cream guinness benefited from people who were a little too uh, their eyes were bigger than their stomach in terms of ice cream. So it worked out for him. Um, but yeah, the line was nice and steady at times, but shorter others. So yeah, worked out well. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of ice cream, uh, we are joined this week by a guest, uh, Jim Brown, the manager of sales and marketing at the creamery. Uh, we're going to let you take a listen to that. Uh, and we'll be back after this. Steve, th- this is probably our most appropriate time of day to do this interview because we just, I just had dinner. I went to dessert. And so I'm excited. I'm excited for this one. Um, Jim Brown, uh, the manager of sales and marketing at the, the uh, PSU Berkey Creamery joining us on the podcast to discuss ice cream. That's, that's really what we're going to chat about today. I'm so Great. excited. Thanks for having me. Um, all right. We have, we have a lot to get to and I, there's so many questions that I want to ask the man behind the uh, curtain at the creamery, I guess, would be the best way to say it. The Let ice cream st- man. The ice cream man. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that is your your technical title. Um, let's start with what your job is, what it entails, and how did you get to this position? Oh, wow. 19 years of eating ice cream. <laughs> yeah. No, I was the best ice cream eater. So they said, yep, you've you've got the job. Uh, No, um, I manage all the marketing and all the sales sales entity for the creamery. So whether it's retail, e-commerce, shipping, distribution, uh, wholesale, I basically handle the sales from a promotional side, a campaign side, what have you. Okay, cool, cool. That's I think that would be a good explainer for anybody that's listening. Um, let's start with we, we're a sports business, sports journalism podcast. So let's let's start there um, on our conversation. 
what is the explain to the audience the difference between a non-football weekend and a football weekend in terms of creamery madness i guess um and what it's what it's like that wow ghost town versus controlled chaos <laughs> maybe, well maybe not that extreme but let's just put it this way um the creamery is very fortunate to be on penn state and i think penn state is very fortunate to have the creamery you know because maybe besides football um the creamery is probably second most iconic traditional stop um so we 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 kind of go side and side we assimilate with each other um when it's a home football game um it's a tremendous day for us it's a it's a it's a fabulous weekend um on a football weekend which we consider three days friday saturday and sunday we can scoop ten thousand cones and bowls um probably sell and pack uh, 10,000 half gallons of ice cream and probably go through about 10,000 pounds of dry ice a week. Um, and of that particular football game, we can do almost as much, you know, dry ice as we do a week just by passing, uh, packing it. So on a regular week, uh, it's business as usual, you know, um, it's obviously not, not that large, but a uh, home football weekend, you know, three days is is like just a regular week without a football weekend in seven days. So, are those numbers how 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 similar are those numbers week to week? Like, how much does a game or an opponent or the weather change what's going to happen to you? Or are you within oh. a hair's a hair's breadth of of ten thousand and and those numbers every time every week? Well, the better we do in football, the better we do here at the Creamery. You know, obviously, uh, I will tell you this much, you know, if you ever go to a football game, which obviously that's what we're talking about, uh, you go to a football game, there's a lot of rivalry there. You know, there's a lot of blue and there's a lot of any other color and there's a lot of opposition and you go into the, the football stadium. It's the same way you tailgate. It's the same way. But, you know, if you come here to the creamery, all colors are the same and everybody has fun gets 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 along. So um, it's. It's really crazy. I mean, we we've controlled it over the years. I've been here 19 years and we've, you know, continually tried to find better ways to, to have it controlled. But the lot when the line goes down two blocks, um, you know, it's it's just uh, scoop and go. And so I, I would say that, you know, those those numbers, they 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 change based upon uh, the, the rank of the opponent in the competition of the opponent you know i i don't want to name names but you know when you have a michigan or ohio state here you know it's uh it's a pretty crazy day and the later the later in the saturday evening there is the more there's people on a sunday you know that extend out through the sunday okay cool does on uh, let's take uh let's take blue white weekend for example i guess that's probably a, a dry run of of a football weekend as close as you can get yeah, um sure. do you do you find that you're selling more ice cream cones uh friday saturday and then sunday you're kind of selling more packaged ice cream sounds like you work here or you've seen it before okay oh, yeah, I, I know my spending habits at the yeah period. you do know well think about it this way you really can't take ice cream home with you in a half gallon if you're going to the football game you know so That's fair. so so normally it's the single serve items before the game and the packed items after the game um and, and, and of course unless you have a freezer or a cooler or you know an rv here that you can actually do that um the smartest thing that anybody could possibly do i shouldn't say this because it's going to happen the smartest thing anybody could possibly do is come during the game right i mean because it's it's dead during the game but nobody wants to do that um but yeah, it's it's ice cream cones, uh, it's single serve grab and goes with minis, pints, things of that nature um, before the game, and then after the game, it's it's bring your cooler in and pack as many half gallons to take home with you as you can. The what's other aspect the most, that I, oh, go ahead, see. what's changed the most in 19 years for you in terms of sales and marketing? Like, I mean, communications has changed so much in, in two decades. What's changed about how what you guys do the most in terms of that? Mm. What's changed the mark the most as far as marketing? Well, you know, when I first came here, I was told we don't have to market to Creamery. Creamery markets itself. 
you know, I mean, think about it. We've been here since 1865, 158 years old, you know, so the tradition was always, hey, listen, you know, build it and they will come. Well, it's, it was already built. Um, I think I think how we transitioned more than ever is how we grew partnerships over the over the years. And, you know, it's it's not just the onesies and twosies, students and faculty and staff and you know, town people and people that come outside, it turned into be groups that turned into be families. You know, so so our our motto, uh, well, maybe it's my self-made motto, I guess you could say. Penn State says we are Penn State, you know. The creamery kind of says we are all Penn State. So anything we can do to build another partnership or build uh, another place up to where we're at, you know, we'd be happy to do that. So we partner with the bakery, you know, we we partner with selling honey and on campus, the eggs and the butcher block with meats and so forth. So, I mean, you might as well share in the prosperity as much as possible. Um, it com it always comes back to you. So I think the, the biggest thing that's changed is marketing towards everybody on Penn State, um, starting with the creamery and then expanding out. So we never marketed before and now we do all the time. Ooh, the, the, there's been, I think the biggest change with the creamery, well, actually I wanna go back to the butcher block because I think personally that's the best part recent addition to the creamery is the butcher okay. block uh, meats. I'm, I'm just gonna say that. Steve knows how I feel about this. My mother drops quite literally like a hundred dollars on on just the meats at, at the creamery. Cool. Um, how do you guys go about getting new products like that, where, whether it's the honey or the cheeses that you bring in? And how do you guys decide on on that process that you're going to get kind of the the entryway into the, the you know, the Super Bowl of, of, of dairy or, or whatever it may be? Well, let's let's put it this way. Um, the products that we bring in, the places that we bring it in from are very happy because, you know, as far as campus is concerned, um, we probably sell more products that these people and these groups and organizations are using than they sell anywhere else. So, gotcha. you know, I mean, so it's 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 beneficial to them to bring it in here, but we we want to do that. And how do we find it? Well, first of all, you know, we're always, I guess you can say, in that competitive nature, you know, com comparing notes to other places. So we're always looking for entities that bring, you know, and it's not just Penn State, it's it's the surrounding community. You know, so we we bring stickies in. I mean, the grilled stickies from the old college diner, which isn't here anymore, but they're still doing stickies. You know, we can sell 50 cases of, of those on a week, and that's 24 to a case. Um, so we we bring them in uh, as much as possible. I I think it's just the idea of keeping our eyes open. It's kind of like when you're looking to do a good marketing campaign, you have to know your your clients and know your consumers. You have to know what they like, know which tradition around. Um, and I have really, I have four really good store managers that keep up on all the trends, that that know what's selling at the dining halls, that's know, that knows what's selling at Bryce Jordan Center and the surrounding areas and so forth. So, you know, we're always looking for traditional things. Like, like I grew up around here. So one of the traditions was middles worth potato chips, right? I mean, that was the thing. I, I lived in Texas when I was in the military and, you know, my parents would send, send me middles worth. Well, you know, those are type of things that are traditional products for this particular area. So we look at carrying those things also. The other kind of biggest change, I think, to the creamery didn't actually happen at the creamery. It was more so at Beaver Stadium. The fact that you guys started selling creamery ice cream inside the stadium. What was that process like? How has that kind of oh. expand, expanded? Yeah, I I can tell you this much. Years and years and years ago, people always said, you know, why doesn't the creamery serve ice cream at the stadium? But you, you have to realize that the, the stadium's a separate entity than Penn State. You know, athletics is right. separate for, for the most part than Penn State. Um, and there's a lot of rules and regulations around marketing and advertising and advertising firms. And, you know, there's a lot of money there, right? So, you know, you look at stadiums that are renamed, you know, across the country and people make a lot of money for that. Um, so when we were first 
it, the, the, the stadium actually came to us and said, we'd, we'd like to carry your ice cream, um, which was tremendous because we didn't pursue uh, athletics or the stadium because of, you know, uh, advertising rules or regulations. Um, they pursued us. You know, we were more than happy. Um, we work with them, work with the uh, concession stand manager to bring in some of our products. And it grew over the years. Uh, it, it hasn't been there a long time, but I think it grew, grew so much that the advertising firm company said, hey, we want you to start paying some money for this. Um, and we don't we can't do that. You know, we're 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 a small organization that gives all our money back to the teaching research and outreach programs of the College of Ag. Um, so we were, we didn't have the capability of doing that. Um, so it's, it's maintained on a, on a very quiet, low level. I'd, I'd like to see it continue to expand, you know, um, however, think of it this way. The stadium is based around seven home football games every year, right? So we actually have more customers here at the creamery throughout the year than they do in their seven home football games. Wow. That's actually very impressive. Yeah, yeah. So, so though we'd love to, we'd love to continue to have that. We we want that to continue. We want that relationship to grow. Um, we we just, it would be great if we could just work with the stadium, and the stadium could work with us. But there's a lot of uh, political things in there with the advertising and so forth that we have to watch. But I love the idea. You know, it's great when I get pictures sent to us from the stadium and they're holding up a creamery pint. You can't. You can't beat that. Steve knows that my final game tradition, like usually the game before or after Thanksgiving, I, I go buy a, at least one pint and inevitably break my spoon. Um, so maybe next year I'll yeah. sneak in a metal spoon. spoon. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, or, you know, something that unfolds, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Knife or anything, but, you know, you can have some <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Uh, um, I think the other thing... The other kind of key thing that I think the creameries started doing within the last couple of years, maybe a little bit longer, um, just happened back in March. It's the the creamery madness bracket. Um, why do you think that's been so successful for the creamery? Oh, wow. Well, that's actually happened for the last six years. Okay. And believe it or not, Penn State Strategic Communications Um actually a member of that came up with an idea we were we were actually doing an anniversary for the 150th anniversary uh, of the creamery and we had a big group across penn state together to make sure that we uh, crossed all of our t's and dotted all of our i's and after that uh, a person that works at strategic commons still does you know brought up this idea we sat down and we, we come up with an idea it says you know hey um, Penn State basketball doesn't always make it to March Madness. You know, ironically, they did this year. It was really cool, right? You know, so they don't always make it there. And so why don't we bring something fun that correlates to that? And we call it flavor madness. And, you know, the, the greatest part about it is what what's the bracket names when they have the 16 final teams in March Madness? You know Sweet what 16. Sweet 16. So that was perfect for us. So we said, well, listen, we don't have, you know, uh, a lot of pints, but we do have at least 16. So let's start with the sweet 16. And that's what we did. And, and we come up with an idea to, you know, pit flavor against flavor and do competitions. And it was all in fun. And, you know, really, that's what the creamery is. It's all about having fun and enjoying yourself. So we did that over the years. Uh, and it just kind of... Uh, it kind of took off, you know, and so when people didn't have anything to do in the February, March time frame, you know, it was kind of a fun thing to do. And and we got, uh, you know, colleges and departments involved in doing that. Um, that's a pretty cool thing. We've we've had uh, local rate uh, local TV stations like WTAJ do their weather report around it. You know, so we've we've had some fun, do some funds with, you know, Joe Murgo and people like that um, and really enjoy it. But but. Uh, Death by Chocolates won every year and Bittersweet Mints finished second every year. So I can't argue because I like Death by Chocolate and everybody thinks I'm cheap, you know, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm not. And and then everybody tells me to pit, you know, make sure that I set it up in a nature that Death by Chocolate can't win. 
well, that's, you know, that's really not fair or keep them out for a year. And I can't really do that because I can't help it that everybody likes it. So I, I think you would make people more angry if you kept Death by Chocolate yeah. out than it kept winning a year over year. Well, they wanted me to pit, you know, like Bittersweet Mint and Death by Chocolate at the very beginning. And I said, no, they're number one, number two seeds. How can yeah, I do that? they're going to get, yeah. <laughs> Got to be separated. What, what's wrong? You know, they, they were trying to fix my own game. Right? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, come on, man. How, how can you possibly do that? Um, but, you know, one thing that we did do, we, we, um, we work with the Alumni Association this year. And we, we wanted to partner with them a little differently. And, and we wanted each one of their alumni chapters to take an own flavor, flavor and take it personally and, and vote, you know. And then it wouldn't necessarily be on the taste. It'd be on who you were sponsoring. Um, but it ended up we we work with them for their own alumni association fundraiser to uh, get membership, and they did very well this year. And what we did was we we partnered with uh, the association to give a higher discount this year, a twenty five percent off shipment discount um, if you signed up as an alumni member. So that worked out really well. So we we do little things to help others around here just on our things that we've already already done. Is there something you haven't done yet that you still want to try? I mean, you've done more partnerships, you've added stuff, you've expanded stuff. Is there something on your wish list of, of, of things to try marketing-wise that you haven't yet? Well, I will tell you this much. We started the first phase of our digital signage. So if you haven't been into the creamery, you should stop into the creamery. The creamery is a traditional iconic spot that we want to we want it to remain timeless, right? But we also know that we have to be realistic that it is the 21st century. So we did incorporate this semester and install digital signage throughout the store. And I would like to see it continue. Um, our next stage, I, I want to get some signage for outside of the store. And I want to get some larger TVs uh, for the seating area in the store. And I think it would be great to, to have the football game there or have sporting events there when people are there in the evening. Um, and I also want to I want to create some things with digital signage, you know, to have somebody throw a football from one of the monitors the whole way through to the other of the monitors, you know. Um, so I, I think that's our next phases. Um, we also want to do some monitors where everybody stands in line so that if you're standing back, well, maybe not the whole way back to the stop sign, but if you're standing back to the entryway at the food science building, it would be really cool. There's a monitor there that says what your flavors are, so you're even more prepared when you walk in. Um, I think we also in the future would like to be able to advertise and market other places on campus. You know, so so for instance, there's a lot of people that stop here. And not a lot of people that maybe stop at a department or something to that nature. So we could help them with recruiting, um, you know, people from high school that want to go and take ma specific majors or what have you. So, you know, kind of be an advertising tool or a marketing campaign tool for other places on campus that need assistance. I think that would be cool. It's interesting to hear you talk about. Uh, I think. From my side, at least, Creamery is just a place that you you go get ice cream. It's always kind of been been that. Yeah. But for you, it's it's very much a a center point of the Penn State community. Do you think you think that kind of is the continued growth path for for the Creamery? Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, Darren, don't feel bad because like ninety percent of the people that hear the Creamery, what do they think about the Creamery store? Right. That's that's. That's what they think right. about. We're a diverse operation. You know, we're a production plan, you know, fully state credited, inspected production plan. You know, um, we're distribution where you got a, a, an e-commerce shipping location. You know, we do wholesale. We're an academic advisor and supporter. We, we have a lot of things um, that we that we actually do here. So I, I think the creamery is a meeting place, period. I think that it's going to continue to be that way for one rate, one main reason, generations. And I, th I think that 
you know, it's it's and it, it it's weird, but it's not just alumni. It's that's a big part of it. Don't get me wrong. Faculty, staff, you know, visitors, students, local community. Over the years, this has become a meeting place. I mean, I've had people married here. I've had people propose here. I've had, you know, people come here for ice cream short courses, which is a, you know, we assist with that, but it's a food science uh, course. Um, I've had them come here for their anniversaries. You know, I, I went to the ice cream short course back in 2005, and I can remember that there was a couple that came to the ice cream short course. It was a week-long course. They graduated from Penn State. They met here at Penn State. They married here from Penn State. They moved to California, and for their 25th anniversary, they went to the ice cream short course and flew in just to go to the creamer. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. So, you know, I mean, that and that tradition doesn't go away. It's kind of, I know this is a weird analogy, but it's just kind of like salmon, right? They spawn every year in the, the same spot. And how far do they go, right? <laughs> so it's that's that's kind of what it it's kind of what it, it's been. Everybody, I guess, swims upstream to the creamery. So <laughs> I think the last thing that I want to hit on uh, is just the new creamery flavor development process. What is that like? What is, let's take uh, my personal new favorite flavor, the, the, the white out popcorn flavor. Okay. Um, what does, what does that go from sitting people sitting in a room to me eating that ice cream? Wow. All right. So let's back up just for a second. So years ago, we had about 150 flavors. We now have 72. So that's not really product development, right? But it kind of is. All right. So what we noticed is we became more popular and busier and demand had become higher. The logistics side of all of our products uh, had become harder and harder and, and most recently space. So we had to find, you know, we had to use ingenuity to find our ways of how we can continue to become busier and busier and supply the public and everybody around us and not run out of flavors. So we started looking at flavors, not only how to make them better and more natural, but how can we use, how can we keep flavors that have similar ingredients so that we can use less ingredients in the same amount of flavors so that we can maintain our dry storage and our wet storage in the space and so forth. So product development for new products for us was not as important as product development for evaluation sake. We, there's 21 university creameries across the nation right now that are part of university. We're the largest university creamery dairy plant in the country and the largest university creamery store in the country. Our plant has the most product variety. We have about 125 different products um, and sizes. Um, when it comes to developing a new flavor if we do it either comes from somebody being interested in a flavor name or somebody interested in a flavor so there's a difference so a lot of times we get a flavor name hey this name would be cool for this reason or hey this flavor would be cool for this reason so depending upon that that's the direction we take you know and we have a product development team that is all inclusive we feel that there's no one person or one particular division of our creamery that should look at establishing a flavor or name because it it takes the plant to say do we have the capability of doing it it takes purchasing to say that it takes accounting to say is the return on investment you know worthy of that um, it takes student and student interns to do that because they realistically are our customers um, so we, we look at doing a lot of research. We look at doing a lot of testing. We look at doing a, a lot of sampling from internal, and then we do sampling from external. Now the whiteout's pretty cool because that just made sense. Whiteout's pretty popular here. Uh, go to the game, eat popcorn, go, go to the movie theater, eat popcorn, you know, salt and sweet mixes together. And we were very fortunate to get the line here. So the line and I did, you know, one of those skits where we mixed it together 
in a fake manner, you know, but it was a pretty good skit, pretty good marketing campaign. Um, and for me, it did it. I thought it ended up as a terrific flavor. Also, I I really like it. Butter, I love it. Yeah, butter butter and popcorn flavored ice cream. You know, it's kind of butter, salt, and ice cream. When you first hear it, I mean, seriously, people are like. No. Yeah. yeah, no, that was yeah, and then I had it, and it's it, yeah, it is it is a top three flavor for me now. Yep, absolutely agreed. All right, I guess uh, Steve, do you have anything well, else? So I'm just want to hear this. So Death by Chocolate wins every year, and Bittersweet Meat went second. And you didn't you you raved about Death by Chocolate, so that's one of your favorites. Kind of glossed over Bittersweet Mint. So I'm curious, along with Death by Chocolate, and apparently the Whiteout that you just talked about, like what are your Top three favorite flavors because I'm sure Darian's going to say he is. Wow. Okay. So here's the deal. First of all, when I first came here eight million years ago, all right, uh, I tried every flavor, and you know it's ironic. It's like if you sell hot dogs, pretty soon you you don't eat hot dogs anymore, right? So my my wife always says to me, "I'm married to the ice cream man, and we never have ice cream in the freezer." You know, and so I tell her she's going to have to text me and tell me what flavor she wants and tell me when she wants it, because it's the only way I'm going to remember bring ice cream home. Um, but I, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you some of the ones that I like. I do like Death by Chocolate. I'm a chocolate guy. OK, but I really like a relatively new grilled stickies. It's it's very sweet. Uh, you know, it's a sticky bun with the cinnamon swirl. Uh, it's it's very good. Um, I like our holiday flavors, like our apple cobbler crunch. I, mm. I, I think that's a tremendous flavor, you know? Um, so I'd have to, I probably have to choose one, those right there. I, I would, I mean, our, our top flavors, death by chocolate, vanilla, bittersweet mint, chocolate chip, cookie dough, cookies and cream and grilled stickies has recently been, been up there. Um, mm. And then you have all-time favorites, you know, Butter Pecan and WPSU Coffee Break. And, you know, we have Monkey Business that's up there now, you know. So um, I I can tell you there's an, there's another seasonal flavor that only Pennsylvania people probably would know, and that's tea berry. I like tea berry ice cream, too. It's, this sounds like a, a parent saying, oh, I don't have a favorite child. They're all my favorite. Was my I know. It, it was like a NASCAR guy in Victory Lane. He yeah, all yeah. The sponsors, right? like <laughs> yes. Was, I'm not going to name anybody. Dude, but them all. dude you great. basically told me I couldn't choose Death by Chocolate. But what else is there? I had to choose all the other ones. <laughs> you certainly did. I, I mean, my goodness gracious, I could have said I love rum raisin, but I was only one of two in, in the whole world that loved them. That's why we don't have it anymore. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I. Oh, it's good. here's the deal. It's really tough to choose from. If you walk in here and you don't know whether you're a chocolate person or a vanilla person, you better ask for samples because it's really tough to choose from. I, I'm telling you from my standpoint, I love death by chocolate, okay? But if I didn't know what the other flavors, I'd at least try them. I'd get samples of them because you're going to be really surprised. Some are just completely outstanding that you're going to have to have besides, you know, your favorite. Okay, wait, you just blew my mind. There are, I, I didn't even know I could do that. Like, I've been coming to the cream. Yeah, I just like, yeah, I got a one. Okay, oh, wow. so let's back up. Pre-COVID, we always did that, right? And then when you got to COVID, you had like, everything was locked down. I mean, basically, you couldn't do anything that unless it was actually vacuum sealed. It was pretty tough to vacuum seal ice cream. But yes, you can get samples. And what I mean by that is if you go up to the dipping area, you what's the first thing you do at the checkout? You don't give them your flavor. You just buy a cone, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So then you go into the actual dipping area and you can ask, ask the dipper, you know, can I try a sample of this? And they'll give you a spoon mm -hmm. to try. And you can try as many as you want, though people, if it's really busy and people are behind you, they may yeah, smack I wouldn't you do it that head. No, okay. um, but you can try whatever samples you want to see what you what what flavor you actually want to get on your kernel bowl very cool this is this is life-changing this is why we have guests like this on <laughs> life-changing information to share okay cool oh well, i'm glad i could be of service um jim thank you so much for doing this spending some time with us this evening um i would say where can people find you but it's it's pretty pretty easy pretty simple at the creamery i'm guessing yeah yeah i've been here for a long time and i continue to be here um i 
I try to get out as much as possible. I do I do a lot of speaking engagements and things like that and assemblies. I just got back from Penns Valley School District. I got to do an assembly for the kindergartners all through up six, sixth grade. So I always say this much, start them when they're young, right? <laughs> You're going to indoctrinate. That's right. Start early. That's true. Yes. What do you think we, you know, went from old Maine moving for four or five times throughout the 157 years and we end up closest to the East Halls? Right? <laughs> you get them when they're freshmen and you keep them for at least four years, right? <laughs> That's great. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Jim. You're welcome. Thank you. Everybody have a good day. Thank you. Steve, how many times do you think you've been to the creamery in your lifetime? Oh, a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Hundreds. hundreds. Thousands? Not thousands. Hundreds, probably. probably well thousands. into the hundreds for me. Well, well into the hundreds, yeah. Did not know that that tip. Did not know the... the... No, and I wouldn't pull it with a line, but I am now interested in intrigued and checking out some stuff that I didn't Listen, know if I liked before. Like I, on a, uh, I had a class. Uh, it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it was in... I forget what that building is, directly behind the parking deck at the creamery. Uh, but uh, on Fridays I would stop there, but like on Wednesdays, there's really not that much of a line, depending on what time you go. That would be the, if I was a student and I was listening to this podcast, I would take those, those tips and, and go get go. as many samples as you want. There you go. Apparently. <laughs> um, what was your biggest takeaway from, from that interview? I think I have a couple, but I'll let you go first. Oh, you're on mute. I, th I think he is well aware of the tradition he's entrusted with in so many ways. Um, and one of the things I didn't ask, but I, I kind of knew the answer, right, about the value of it being embedded within an academic unit um, in terms of that, like it's not just there, it's there for the academic piece of it too. So I think Jim's very aware of the tradition of it and where it fits and, and protects that while also trying to find ways to broaden it. I mean, he almost sounded trep trepidatious about the digital signage, right? Like, oh, we're trying this new thing. Anybody has great plans for it. And I think he's right with stuff inside and, and, and games on TV at some point. But I think he's very respectful of the, tra the tradition and where it fits. And I think that's a good thing while still trying to, to broaden it. I feel like that was kind of my biggest takeaway too. Is I've never looked at the cream. The creamery is very much a Penn State institution, but I've never looked at the creamery as um, the way that through the, his lens, I guess. And his lens is a, a very beautiful way to look at it, I guess would be the best way to say it. Um, so that was my, my first big takeaway. Uh, the second one, of course, was the, the little pro tip at the end. Um, I think the other thing for me is, is the, the process of the new flavors um, kind of coming in. And, and I forgot that they had actually gone down in terms of number of flavors, yeah, but significantly. The, the, the part about not necessarily the new flavor, but the new name was interesting to me. Like that, I would like to be in those meetings to hear that kind of pitch of like, what gets okayed, what doesn't like, like there are, let's see, there's WPSU Coffee Break, there's Alumni Swirl, um, the Whiteout one, I guess Peachy Paterno. Is there any, can you think of any others that are named? for anything like what do you have to do like you gotta really clearly you've got to do something to, to earn russ russ digs roseberry right is still on the on the is it okay i think i think that's still a perpetual one like that wasn't an individual one-off kind of thing um yeah because even now they have they have a a partnership they'll do it we, we did it with pink zone like they'll rename a flavor for a month right and you pay for that right and then you can get pink zone half gallons or scoop pink zone um we're going to do that with our college coming up too with, with one. So um, yeah, but I don't, I think overall big new ones and name changes they try to avoid because there's got to be a, it's gotta be a, a tier a, a tier, or it's just everybody's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else, else you want to add about the creamery? Uh, like I said, in the creamery interview, the butcher block part is the best part of the creamery. If you are not getting like the, the, Beef jerky at the creamery, you're doing it wrong. You're not wrong about that. Okay. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. All right. Um, this week's Old Guy, Young Guy is a sequel to last week's Old Guy, Young Guy, but a, a different spin on it. Uh, Steve, simple question. What are your top five 
sports movies. And I have I have my list and I could write it out like that. You you may sounds like you, no, you want I, me to go first. Yeah, go ahead and then I'll give us some variety because I know I got a couple that you aren't gonna all right. have. All right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go five to one. We'll yep. we'll discuss all of all of mine and then you can think about yours. Number five, slap shot. Just think it's it's a timeless sports movie, um, plus the Johnstown PA yep. tie-in. Hockey, good for you all. Yes. Number four, also a hockey movie, Miracle. Nothing, nothing makes you want to run through a wall, even if that wasn't Herb Brooks's speech. Um, that that speech <laughs> is great. Um, if you're ever really looking for something funny, Google what Herb Brooks's speech was before the the championship gold medal game. That one will that one will make you really want to run through a wall. Um, number three is a remake uh, that is my favorite. Was my favorite movie for quite a long time. Uh, Angels in the Outfield, the okay, the, the Disney the one, one. The Disney one, yeah, yeah, not the not the Pirates one from that's in black and white. Yep. Um, love that one with Chris. Doesn't have a year; it's just in black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one. That one's old. Um, <laughs> number two, uh, I, I said that the man behind you would be on our on our list, mm-hmm. but not not Bull Durham. It is for love of the game. I think. Yep. Okay, good call. Perfect, just a perfect '90s movie. I think is is essentially what that movie is and then my favorite movie overall of all time the natural i think just roy hobbs love love roy hobbs just love that story i know that the book ends very differently spoiler um but the uh, the movie is incredible that's great i think we can end up with 10 movies here and not have any overlap oh okay depending i i think like because this was some post this was a post blue white weekend discussion which added two loyal listeners around the kitchen table Helping me, helping me with my list because they were curious about what I was going to come up with. Of course, the the poster on the back, right? Um, we talked about Bull Durham. Um, I would say number five. Remember the Titans. Um, that, just, you're you're going to earn brownie points with my wife on that one. I, I, I just I I get really bothered by the fact of how much Disney tweaked that one. That's fair. That's fair. I, 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 and I think that with all, a lot of them. Um, so I think that five, I had Miracle and Slapshot like here is because I had three pretty solid. And then I was playing Miracle Slapshot number four, because it's got to make the lists um, just to counteract the natural, right? Is Bull Durham, right? And not to counteract it. I like the natural. But as we talked about Bull Durham, what I loved about Bull Durham is, well, it came out in the season that I worked for the minor league baseball team that the poster was there, right? And Mike Hargrove's wife, was our manager when we were done in the movie theater it was, it was like two weeks in the season it came out and i'm like wow and she's like no that's my league baseball and i'm like oh this is going to be something special then um so there's that and the whole like the baseball bat scene right when he breaks his bat and the, the bat boy brings it to him is like here you go and he's like shut up kid or whatever you know go go whatever yourself right as opposed to in the natural he's like here you go tom you know and he's like thanks tommy it's wonderful you know so that contrast is good and what makes it special um Number three, way off the board for you, and probably only because we were talking 80s stuff, and perhaps only because of the song um, Vision Quest. Um, high school wrestling, stupid cliched, whatever uh, else. Yeah, yeah, ringing bells. You're ringing bells. Very 80s cliched, but kind of cool at the same time. And I didn't wrestle, didn't do anything. It's just kind of cute that way. Okay. Um, number two, because the Academy Award is rocky. Um, you know, you know it's... I saw Rocky once, and I that's enough for me. I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't like boxing. I think that might be what it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I could watch it over and over, but um, and I've, been, I've seen it dozens of times, but probably two. And then number one is Hoosiers. I mean, just because I mean, again, probably Disneyfied or movieified in many ways, but you know, set setting the time, setting like the, the time period right that that you can play with stuff and do some things, the whole community in the bus ride, following the team across the state, the David versus Goliath stuff. So I think we ended up with two different fives, yeah, which was cool. That was, that was great. Um, and I had slap shot as a potential. Um, and the only other weird one I had as a potential in the five that I, I couldn't pull the trigger on was the wrestler with um, Mickey Rourke from like- I've never seen that movie, ago. but I, I know that that's a good, I, I've heard that that's a really good movie. Um, the honorable mention for me would be minor, the, the minor league franchise, like in including the third one, the back to the minors one was probably my, well, in, in fact, um, uh, I forget what his last name is. First name is Rob, Rob Egan. 
who yeah. was the general manager of the Altoona Curve, yep. is in that movie. And we, we would ask him, he used to get, anytime that movie's on TV, he gets a check like from it. And it's like 20, 26 cents or something like that every time. But he out- announces um, the guy from, um, oh, he's in, in Righteous Gemstones and he was in that the unicorn show on CBS, that guy. He announces mm-hmm. him as a player. Um, so um, yeah, no, that the, those movies for me. Also on the list. That's that's good. I'm, I, that is good that we we very rarely have diverging lists of that nature. Yeah, I no, think we that was, That's great. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right, Steve. Um, let's see. How should we wrap up the show? We should wrap up the show by telling you that Steve's got something on the blog this week. Check that out. Um, it is. It is. It's a lot of people are reading it. By the way, I, I didn't tell you that, but a lot of people are reading it. This might be our our most read. Well, peace so far. Um, and let's see what else. We've got a YouTube channel, which if you're watching somewhere down on that side or over on Steve's side, you could subscribe. That would be appreciative. Um, we have emails. Mine is Darian at StuffSummerSays.com. Steve says? Steve at StuffSummerSays.com. The website is StuffSummerSays.com. On that website, we've got a section for called with? Steve. With Steve. Um, and Getting them all right this week. Again, I'm getting proud of you. Proud of you. Um, and you know, podcast. If you listen to this, five star, thumbs up. Um, everything else. Shout out to Jim for joining us and chatting about cream and ice cream. That was great. That was great. Um, other than that, see you maybe next week. I'm not sure when. We'll, we'll chat soon. See you. See you.